preach, all right? It's probably not going to be just teaching. It's probably going to be preaching. So I need some people that can help them preach, all right? Anybody going to help them preach tonight? Amen. So come on, move on up here close to the front, maybe the first first five or six rows. Let's fill this area up, and we're going to help them preach tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of James chapter 2. James chapter number 2. And uh, I want to read verse 26. And uh, I want to just share something with you for a few moments here from this passage of Scripture that uh, was a curiosity to me and captured my attention. This verse of Scripture made me think a lot. It says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And then in Ephesians chapter number 2, um, verse, verses 8 through 10, Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. Everyone say faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Now this verse of scripture that we read from the book of James talks about the relationship of faith and works in our walk with God, in our fellowship and communion and connection with God. And I, I know that this has been kind of a, 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 an object of discussion or subject of questions of people down through the years in Christianity because what was happening in the time of the New Testament, it was a, a transition from the law to grace, a dispensational transition. And for uh, thousands of years, the Hebrew people had uh, been under the belief system that their salvation was gained through obedience to the law. So according to their deeds or their works, they could perhaps measure up to God's law and be saved. And if they disobeyed or ignored God's law, then they didn't have an opportunity to be saved. And then here comes Jesus Christ to fulfill all righteousness by dying on the cross for our sins, which was the fulfillment of everything that had been foreshadowing up to those point. Every lamb that had been slain, every uh, uh, bullock that had been slaughtered was foreshadowing the fact that Jesus was going to die on a cross and fulfill all righteousness. And because of his death on the cross, we could obtain free salvation by the grace of Jesus Christ. So it wouldn't be by our works that we would be saved, but it would be by putting our faith or our trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we could be saved. Everybody say amen. And so in this uh, new era, it was kind of a transition time, and it was a difficult, cumbersome, rough transition time, especially for the Hebrew people, because they had been so used to trying to measure up to the expectations of the law And there were new Gentile believers who weren't raised with uh, commitment to the law that were coming into faith in Christ Jesus. And these Hebrew believers were under the assumption that they needed to obey all the dictates of the law in order to be saved. So the question was, are you saved by your good works or are you saved by faith in Jesus Christ? And so the Apostle Paul makes it abundantly clear in the Word of God that we're not saved by our good works, but that we're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved. Everybody say amen. Amen. This is a fundamental understanding of Christianity. And if you miss out on this, then you're, go, you're, you're, you're not crediting the cross. 
You're not giving Jesus Christ his due for the price that he made on, paid on the cross. Because if we could be saved by works, then why did Jesus die on the cross? But then, here comes the flip side of the question. If we're saved by grace instead of by works, then does it matter how I conduct myself if I'm saved by faith? And this is where the Apostle Paul makes it real clear, very clear to us, that even though we were saved by faith, we were saved unto good works. And so the product of our salvation is a lifestyle that in essence begins to line up to God's expectations in the law. But more important than the law is the law of the Spirit, which means not just not conducting yourself wrong, but not even in your heart lusting or in your heart being angry with people, but, but obeying the Spirit of the law as well. And uh, it's very interesting as you look at these passages of scriptures, and, and, it's, and it's very clear that we were created unto good works. So get this point right now. Good works accomplish nothing before salvation, but good works are the point of everything after salvation. You were saved unto good works. So before you're saved, good works are valueless. But after you're saved, good works are the point of everything. And so I was looking at this verse of Scripture in James chapter 2. For as the body, the flesh, cuerpo, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also, being alone. And so the illustration here is that if you have a physical body, but no spirit, no breath, no life, then it is dead. And so in this scriptural parallel, our faith is being compared to a physical body without breath. Whereas the breath is what gives life and animation to the body. And so the works are being compared to the human spirit or the breath of life. Now when I looked at this as a young man reading through the Word of God, I was like, this parallel seems kind of backwards to me a little bit because faith seems more like a spirit and works seems more like the body rather than the other way around, the way that it's compared. And so, and I was thinking because faith is invisible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, just like your spirit is invisible. Whereas works is basically putting your faith into action. Whereas the, the body is what puts our spirit into action. Do you see what I'm saying? So it, it, uh, it, in a sense, it looks like this parallel is kind of turned around backwards a little bit to say that if you take the, the, the spirit out of the body, then that's like taking the works out of, uh, out of the faith. But then I got to thinking about it a little bit more. And I got to really uh, considering our works, which is living righteous, doing the right thing, being faithful to church, loving people with the love of the Lord, doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us, the golden rule, uh, giving a cup of cold water to someone in need, meeting the needs of somebody who's suffering, these works that are supposed to be the life of a Christian. Amen? If you remove that from our faith experience, then it's like a dead corpse. But I got to thinking about this a little bit, and it, and, it, and it really triggered something that I thought was kind of interesting to my mind, is that this parallel can work in a different, kind of a, if you just tilt it sideways and think about it a little bit differently. Here's the way I want you to think about it. I want you to think of it in light of eternity. Everybody say eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Because someday things are going to change. Can I get an Amen. Does everybody realize you're not going to have to live in this old body forever? Amen. The older I get, the better that sounds. The more aches and pains I get, the better that sounds. And guess what? The bad news is it's not getting any better. It's only getting worse. Right? But one of these days, this body is going to die. It's going to pass away. Uh-huh. 
and I'm going to get something different in return, which is a heavenly body. Just like Jesus Christ's resurrected body after he died on the cross and came out of the tomb. And I don't understand all of it, but I know that he was able to consume food, but that he was able to pass through walls. So there was something different about the resurrected body of Jesus Christ that gives us a little bit of insight into the physical body that we're going to receive in heaven. But one thing's for sure, it's not going to be this old body that's subject to disease and subject to pain and subject to injury and always on the decline. And somebody said it this way, from the moment you're born, you start dying. And it's true, this body was created not to live forever, but created to die. It's going to die. It's going to pass away. And what happens when a person passes away, whether they're a young person, which we heard a a terrible tragedy. One of our pastors in Tennessee lost his 25-year-old daughter to an accident on Saturday. And uh, how sad that, that she they laid this young body into a casket. Or more often you'll see an older older person, maybe in their 90s or 80s, that have uh, succumbed to all the things, the pressures of old age, and their breath leaves their body, and their body passes away. The breath leaves, or the spirit leaves. The Bible lets us know that our spirits are eternal. They have an eternal element that's going to live forever somewhere. That's what we're here for because we're not just living for now. Amen? We're not just living for this world, but we're living for eternity. And there was an old song I used to hear. It says, I'm living this life to live again, to live eternally and to live forever. So the body is going to die. Everybody with me right now? And it's going to be done with. But the spirit will be eternal. So when you get to heaven, now I don't understand all of it, and I can't say a lot of things definitively about the way it's going to be on the other side, but this is what I think, in essence, in relation to the Word of God. The Bible says we shall be known even as we are known. But I really don't believe it's necessarily going to be your physical attributes that are going to make you recognizable in heaven. In other words, I I don't necessarily believe I'm going to look in my physical body just like I look right now. And some of you say, thank God. Especially some of you that are getting older. I say, I don't want to spend eternity looking like this. So it won't be my body that will be what causes me to be recognized because my body is just a container. It's a temporary shell. But my spirit, which is the real me, will somehow be recognizable to those that know me because my spirit is eternal. They won't recognize my body because my body has passed away. It's decomposed in essence. And so I've got a new body, but I'm the same spirit. So the body dies. And the only way you're recognized in heaven is because of your spirit. The body's passed away. But the Spirit lives forever. Can we agree on that? The body passes away, but the Spirit lives forever. And I got to thinking about this relationship of faith and works. Faith and works. Well, what is faith? Hebrews chapter 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for. It's that sense of believing that something that I hope for is going to happen. Right. And so I've never seen Jesus face to face in the flesh, but I believe in Jesus by faith. Right. And I've never walked on a golden street yet. But I believe there are streets of gold, and I believe I will walk on streets of gold in faith. Right? But the Bible says something interesting in Romans chapter 8. It says, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? What does that mean? 
That means when you realize something in your life, you don't have to hope for it anymore. Man, I hope I get a, I hope I get a bicycle for my birthday. Not literally, so don't. We know what Pastor Brown wants for his birthday. He wants a bike. So if I want a bicycle for my birthday, I'm hoping that that's what I'll receive. When I wake up on my birthday morning, Christmas morning, however it is, and I walk out and I see the bicycle and I see mom and dad smiling real big and they say, jump on it, take it for a ride. I say, man, I was hoping I would get that bike. But I don't say I am hoping to receive that bike because hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So here's the point. We are living for God today based on faith in a crowd full of people that have never seen Jesus face to face. Never seen the resurrected Christ, never thrust a finger in the nail print, but you believe it with all your heart. And you're living your life every day submitted to the Word of God in faith, never having seen heaven, never having seen Christ face to face. But there is coming a day when all heartaches will end, all pains will be over, all tears will be finished. We no longer have to just hope for something. We no longer just have to believe for something that we haven't seen yet. But there's coming a day when we're going to walk on streets literally paved with gold. Where we're going to see the apostles. We're going to see the disciples of Jesus Christ. We're going to see the old Bible characters. And we don't have to just believe an old dusty book. But we can believe that what God has promised is fulfilled because we see it. So stay with me right now. When I walk into heaven, when I reach those pearly gates and they swing open, when I see St. Peter, and finally, when I see Jesus Christ face to face, guess what happens? My faith is going to die. Why? Because faith that is seen is not faith. What a man sees, why does he have to yet hope for? So I'm not going to need faith in heaven. Everybody with me right now? Faith is a temporary thing. Faith is something I need right now because I haven't seen yet. Faith is something I need because I haven't made it over yet. Faith is something we need as a body because we hadn't passed over yet. But one day we're going to pass over and faith dies. The old song says it this way. Faith will end in sight. And when I see it, I don't need faith anymore. And when I get to heaven, not only will my body pass away, but also my faith will pass away. But there's something that's going to live forever. Because when I get to heaven, my spirit is eternal. The Bible says the father, as the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead also. So the body's being compared to faith. So my body dies and my faith dies. My spirit lives forever. But guess what? My works or my deeds have eternal value. And it really doesn't matter in heaven how much faith that you had. If you had enough to get to the other side, you had enough. But what distinguishes people on the other side is what they have done for God while they were here on this world for 75, 80 years. Only one life, how soon it will pass. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. And one day when you get to heaven and your body's passed away and your faith is passed away, the thing that will distinguish you, the Bible talks about stars or jewels in our crowns that we cast before the Lord. Amen. You know, whenever you put an offering in for a missionary, you're doing something of eternal value. Say, well, I'll just sit back and have faith. That's fine. When you get to heaven, you'll have nothing. But when you do something, when you put in action what you believe, you are investing in eternity. Amen? I heard a song a long time ago. Some, some of you probably heard it. Um, 
It says, I dreamed I went to heaven, and uh, I saw all the sights, and I saw everything that I wanted to see. But then I saw this person come up to me, and they fell down on their knees. And they said, you know, when you gave that offering to missions, a missionary was able to come across the ocean and preach the gospel to me. And because he preached the gospel, because of what you gave, I'm in heaven for eternity. So you're going to be seeing a lot about, of me around heaven forever. And he fell on his knees and said, thank you for giving to the Lord because I am a life that was changed. And think about that right now. Every investment, every effort, uh, every time you go out and pass out a track, every time you witness to someone, every time you share your faith with someone, you may not save, see the fruit of it right now. And you may never see the fruit of it on this earth. Yeah, I'm so excited. My wife has been inviting our next door neighbors in Glendora to church. I don't know how, how long, three years, four years. And they texted us Sunday and said, we're coming to Life Church. And they were here on Sunday. They had a great time. They said they're going to come back next week. And we were like, where? they finally came and we weren't here. But here's the deal. When you go out and pick up a child and bring them to Sunday school, you're doing something with eternal value. And we'll sit there and shimmy and shake and have faith. But that's not going to count in the, on the other side. If you've got enough faith to make it to the other side, the only thing that's going to last forever is what you do for the kingdom of God. So you weren't saved just to have faith. You weren't saved just to be a woman or a man of faith. You were saved unto good works. Because there is eternal value in what we do for the kingdom of God. So my question today is not how much faith do you have. My question is what will you have when your faith dies? When you finally see Jesus face to face? Will you have something? Will you have sheaves to lay before the Lord? I'm telling you, on a, on a regular basis when we live for God, when we give, when we serve, when we reach out to people, we're doing something with eternal value. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands to Him right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Come on, help me praise Him right now. Help me praise Him right now. Help me praise Him. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue it just for a little bit longer. Lord God Almighty, we love you. You are our King, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We lay everything for you, Jesus. We realize, Lord God, that we cannot go further without you. We need you, Jesus. Consume us, Father God. Consume us in everything that we do. We ask you, Lord God, to guide every step. We ask you, Lord God, to guide every word. We ask you, Lord God, to guide us in everything that we do, because everything that we do is for you, Lord God. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. God is amazing. God is amazing. God is amazing. He never ceases to amaze me. There will never be a day in my life that God will not cease to amaze me. He has taken control. But why has he taken control? Because I have, we have laid it down in front of him. I cannot do anything on my own, and I realize that. That is the key. And the reason I say God is amazing and God is wonderful and beautiful, because when you ask him for something, and if it is within his will, and it is, it is divine order, he will do it. When, when, when Pastor Brown asked me to say something, I struggled for two days. What am I going to say? And in two days, God gave me the answer, and he gave me the answer in morning prayer. And he confirmed it again right now, because what he just finished speaking about was something that I'm going to talk about. And that is move. Okay? Move. Um, let's go down to some basics. Newton's law. How many uh, people here are, are physics buffs? Okay. We got Newton's law of motion. And I'm sure you've heard of it before. But it says there's three basic physical laws that form the basis for classical mechanics. They describe the relationship between the forces acting on a body and the motion due to those forces. But for the purpose of this teaching, we're going to concern ourselves with just the first law. The velocity of a body remains constant unless that body is acted upon by an external force. 
Simply put, an object that is at rest will stay at rest unless an unbalanced force acts upon it. And an object that is in motion will not change its velocity unless an unbalanced force acts upon it. We need to understand the power that we possess within these hands, within these lips, and within these feet. The power of movement and the power of motion, something that we take for granted. And the Bible from beginning to end is about movement. It is not about idleness. It is not about standing still. It is not about being afraid. It's not about, about just moving. Jesus moved from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his ministry. But let's look at a few things. We've got in Genesis, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Again in Genesis, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. In Genesis, so Abraham departed he moved. He didn't stay still. And Exodus, the Lord was going before them in a pillar. He moved yet again. Jesus walked on water. He didn't stand on water. He didn't sit on water. He walked on water. Miracles don't occur by standing still. Jesus' miracles occurred because Jesus moved and miracles happened. He made them happen. Very rarely do we ever see Jesus with the sick being brought to him. He went to the sick. He went to the blind. He went out and he ministered. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. That man is moving. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. He went out. He didn't sit. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasury hidden in a field which a man found and hid for joy over he goes. He went. If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Come, follow me. Don't stand and follow me. Don't sit and follow me. Come and follow me. Again, he sent out his other servants in the parable of the wedding feast. He sent them out. God sends us out. He didn't send us out to sit. He sent us out to move out. To get things done, we need to be in motion. We need to continually move. We can't stand still. God does not stand for standing. God stands for moving. If we look at the word motion, movement, motion, the Greek word for movement is pathema. And these two words, pathema, all of this is intertwined. I was looking for some research. Man, I've got this new Greek book. And it's, it, it's translating, and, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, okay, there's got to be some kind of intertwining uh, meanings in here. Motion is pathema. And defined, pathema means undergoing something, moving, could also include a hardship or a pain, could be uncomfortable movement, could be movement that is not normal. Okay? Sometimes doing things for Jesus doesn't look normal to the world. Sometimes doing things for Jesus is painful. Sometimes doing things for Jesus makes you feel uncomfortable. But you know what? We weren't promised a life of being comfortable. We were promised a life of being peculiar, something different, something out of the ordinary. If there isn't a price to be paid, it's not worth it. That's the bottom line, because we need to stay in motion. So now we know that pathema is motion. Now we find out that pathema is derived from the word pathos. Pathos is passion. When you have a passion, you move. If you've got a passion, you don't stand still. If you've got a passion for Jesus, these four walls can't contain you. If you've got a passion for the things of God, they are outside of this world, outside of these four walls. When you have a passion for Christ, miracles will happen. Eyes are going to be opened. Ears are going to be set free. Lives are going to be loosed. Bondages are going to be set free. But you cannot stay still when you have a passion. Passion, pathos, also means to be enthusiastic. God, I'm enthusiastic for you. I'm not normal. I love football. I really don't. But I'm just saying, I love football. I love sports. I go to a sporting game. I go to a basketball game. And I stand up. I'm enthusiastic for the team. Do I do the same thing here? 
Am I enthusiastic for you? So much so that I am willing to look like an odd person, an oddball, standing up, spinning, jumping. You know, I want God to know that it's no longer a normal thing for me to sit down and be complacent and idle. I want to stand out. I want to stand out so much so that if I was to do that outside, I would look irregular. I would look like the peculiar person the Bible has called me. I don't want to fit in. I can read all the latest Christian books. I have a growing library. I have a hunger to read. I want to know everything I possibly can about movements. I want to know about people. I want to know why they think, how they think of Jesus, who taught them. And I want to be able to understand everything. I want to go to conventions. I want to go to seminars. I want to read anything having to do with the Bible. I want to give Bible studies. I want to go to Bible studies. But you know what? It means nothing. It means nothing if I don't take that and share it. Where? Outside these four walls. Jesus has called us to move out. He has not called us to stand still. He has not called us to be idle. He wants us to take what He is giving us, and He wants us to move it out. That's where we find Jesus. We find our strength in here, but we find Jesus outside. The past two weeks, we have had a message. And I'm going to sum up this message. For the past two weeks, we have had speakers up here. Okay, We had one brother that spoke about um, a different kind of spirit. Different kind of spirit. Not your normal, everyday, sitting down, comfortable where I'm at. A different kind of spirit. Different is out of the ordinary. Second, we had... Keeping ourselves fit to do God's work. If we are not fit, we can't move. If we're sick, we can't move. We need to keep ourselves fit now to do the work of God later, to do it constantly. And finally, Sunday, we had God's got a plan for us. If there's a plan for us, that plan requires movement. We can't sit still. God's plan for us is to move out. So if we are within God's plan, and if we are doing what God has asked us to do, and if we are training ourselves up in our training field, this is our training field here, okay, this is our commander-in-chief, so to speak. He's teaching us, and he's training us up. So we take what we've learned, we take the armor, we take the breastplate, and we take the sword, and we go out and we strike the adversary where it hurts. And I'm going to sum this up with a real brief testimony. Um, Morning prayer, morning prayer, morning prayer. I'm an advocate for morning prayer. If I had a poster board, I would wear it right now. And I'm going to tell you right now why. Morning prayer is unique and it's different and it brings you to a different level like I can't even describe. It is a time in the morning, in the time of the day, when you are uncluttered by the things of the world, by all of the garbage that seeps in by the time you leave your front door, the time you get to your office, you are already polluted, so to speak. It takes you a while to climb out of it. So Monday, I came in the morning and I prayed here and I asked God, you know, give me help. What, what am I going to speak about? Um, and the morning, the morning prayer was, I'd like to call it violent. Because prayer now for me is aggressive. God has lead, led me to another level where I'm speaking into the face of our adversary. And I have no fear. And even though it may put me in some sort of jeopardy down the way, I say bring it on. Because it's a trial that I'm going to overcome because it's the blood that gives me the strength. Monday morning comes up, Monday evening comes around, we come to prayer. Do the same thing. In your face, in your face, in your face. I've got, I've got boldness. I don't care. And these are the things I'm praying for, and these are the things I'm casting and binding out. Monday night, I should say Tuesday morning, I am on my side, laying uh, on my side. It's 3.30 in the morning, and I hear, Rick. And it's an, uh, 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 right in my ear. And I open my eyes, and I gasp. I'm choking. I haven't been breathing, obviously, for a while. And I go, oh, my God, and it's in my throat. There is, I have a blockage in my throat, and I've just been laying there, and I don't know how long I have been holding my breath. So two things instantly came to me. 
Um, number one, the first thing that came to me was, you are not taking me out this way. You have no right. You have no authority. Jesus saved me. I bind you. Get this out. You have no place in my house. You have no authority over me because I am a son of the Most High. Second of all, it immediately was apparent to me that there is a message that if he took me out, I could not speak tonight because I wouldn't be here. But there is a reason why I'm here tonight. There is a reason why Pastor Brown is talking about moving and motion and works because you can't do works in here. Works are outside and works are for the Lord. And and there's a reason for that. And there's somebody in here tonight, whether it's one or whether it's all, they're going to receive something and they're going to take it home and it's going to it's going to just boil within them, and tomorrow's going to be a brand new day, and it's going to dawn. And it's going to, one of these days, uh, it's going to come to pass, and you're going to say, I remember that time when I used to sit back and do nothing. I thought coming to church was enough. It's not enough. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, does it mean that I've got to be running 24 hours a day, Jesus? Yes. That's what it means. Okay? It, it means that. Ultimately, that's what it means. Did I understand that from the beginning? No. No. Sunday. Yeah. Jesus, good Sunday. But the bottom line is our movement, our pathos, and our passion needs to be Jesus 24 hours a day. It needs to be when we're sitting in traffic, I'm thinking of you, my Lord. When, when I'm sitting at my desk and there's an idle moment, Jesus, I'm thinking about you, Lord God. When I am talking on the phone and my family's having a problem, Jesus, you are on the phone with us. I pray for you. I cover you. I call a blessing upon you. I'm going to pray for your baptism. I'm going to pray for your release. I'm going to pray for your healing. I'm going to pray for you because I have the power of the Most High. Glory God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Mm. Mm, that was that, that was good. Mm. Praise God. Whoa. It's already been preached. Pastor Brown preached what I was going to say. Brother Rick preached what I was going to say. I mean, good Lord. Uh, Whoa. Man, we could all go home now. You don't need to hear from me, seriously. Wow. Man, you know, it's funny. Last night I had a dream, and it's a funny dream. And, um, you know, in my dream, something was telling me, you know, when when Pastor Brown texted and asked me to speak, you know, in my dream, whatever was telling me was telling me, um, you know, you should have said, you should not have said yes. You don't, you don't need to speak uh, Sunday night because it's all a show. But in my dream, at the end of my dream, the thought came to me. It says, um, the show must go on. <laughs> and I woke up. I woke up and I go, yeah, that's one of those Broadway um, uh, <laughs> stuff that you, uh, you know, a little cliche. So I go, you know, I'm going to research this, this show must go on thing. It doesn't have any spiritual connotation, but I'll look it up just for, just for knowledge's sake. So I looked it up, and the definition is, you know, when they use that, the show must go on. You know, uh, despite, you know, what may happen, even if the, uh, the lead actor is dead or whatever, you know, the show must go on. Because if it doesn't go on, all the patrons have to get their money back. You know, well, tonight you didn't pay any money to get in here, so um, the show must go on. <laughs> I, I really thought that dream was, was really, really funny. But <laughs> I, I said, you know, Lord, the show must go on. But I'm, I didn't come to talk to you about the show. I come to talk to you about keep walking. Keep walking. And, man, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just, just totally overcome by everything that happened here today. Because it's, you know, it's, you know, when someone asks you to speak, right away you start thinking, Lord, you've got to give me something. And so I had two thoughts, but that one I labored over. And I'm telling you, God is here. I mean, God is here. God is here. God is here. God is here. And my two scriptures tonight 
is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And James chapter 2, verse 17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The reason why, the reason why I'm, I'm smiling is because it's already been preached. <laughs> it's, it's already been preached. So it's like, if God doesn't anoint me, then it's, it's all good, you know. But it's already been preached. I'm really having a kick, kick you know, just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, um, where do I go? You know, <clears throat> the Bible talks a lot about walking. The Bible talks about walking by faith, walking by sight. You know, John even says that, you know, it's good to know that my children walk in truth. But this thing I was thinking about, and I know when it says walk by faith, it's talking about lifestyle. It talks about conduct. But like Brother Rick said, it's, it's, it's about movement. It's, it's about picking up your feet and moving. And when I say keep walking, I mean you've got to pick up your feet and keep walking. Despite the circumstance. Despite the trials, despite the tests, despite everything that you're going through, you have to pick up your feet and keep walking. See, no one has to teach us how to walk. It's basically an intrinsic, you know, ability to be able to pick up your feet in front of the other and walk. But this idea of the Christian walking it's works. Like Brother Rick said, it's movement. It's understanding that if I don't walk, if I don't pick up my feet, if I don't pick up my faith, if I don't pick up what I believe, if I don't pick up my testimony and walk, nothing's going to happen for me. I just can't sit there. I've got to move because understand that we're going from point A to point B. And to get from point A to point B, I have to walk. I have to put some motion in my step. I've got to put some motion in my faith because no one else is going to do it for me. I like to encourage the church tonight that despite what's happened in your life, you've got to walk. Praise God. You've got to move because you can't get from here to heaven without moving. You can't get from here to eternity without moving. You've got to walk. You've got to keep walking. Praise God. Every step counts. Every step counts. Every time, I was thinking about this, every time you pray, that's another step. Every time you read the Word of God, that's another step. Every time you defeat your flesh, that's another step. Every time you testify, that's another step. Every time you worship, that's another step. Every time you tell somebody about God, that's another step. Every time you overcome the trials and the difficulty of life, that's another step. Keep walking. Keep walking. Praise God. Keep walking. Praise God. The apostle said, follow me as I follow Christ. Understand that when you're walking for God, you're leaving tracks behind you. If you've got children, you're leaving tracks behind you. You're telling them, this is how you walk. This is how you walk. Here it is. Walk in it. Here, you, here it is. Follow my footstep. This is how you do it. This is how you pray. This is how you read the word of God. This is how you worship. This is how you love God. This is how you believe him. Walk. Walk. Keep walking. Through the fire, keep walking. Through the struggles, keep walking. Don't quit. 
Don't quit. Bible said when and Abraham was called to go out to a place to a, to to an inheritance that he would receive. The Bible said that he believed God by faith. He didn't know where he was going, but he picked up his seat. He packed up his family and he said, "I'm going." Hallelujah. Where I'm going, I don't know, but I understand when I get there. When I get there. When I get there. When I get there. If I don't keep walking, I'm not gonna get there. But I've got to walk. I got to walk and when I get there I will meet him whose builder and maker is God praise God keep walking keep walking understand that the Lord goes before you Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 1 it says and the Lord he is the one that goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you nor forsake you do not fear, nor be dismayed. Understand that there are snares that by our flesh, if we're not careful, will snare us on this journey, on this walk. Understand that there are traps. Understand that the enemy is lurking and hiding places where you can't see him. But understand that the Lord will give you insight. Understand that the Spirit of God is guiding your path. And it's God who goes before you. And all you've got to do is follow him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walk in power. Walk in vigilant. Walk, hallelujah, prayerfully. Walk watchfully. Walk with your eyes open. Don't close your eyes for nothing. Open your eyes because the Lord is trying to show you where it's taking you. Don't let your faith die on this journey. Because if your faith die on this journey, you're not going to get to the end. If your faith die on this journey, you're not going to see him. Praise God. Keep walking. Pick what, what you've got to pick up and keep walking. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you walk, sometimes there are things that burden you down. Praise God. If I strap burdens on my back, it's hard for me to move because they slow us down. Trials try to slow us down. Hallelujah. Temptation try to slow us down. The flesh and everything that comes with it trying to slow us down. But understand that it is God that goes before us. He will not fail us. He will not fail us. Keep walking, church. Keep walking. Keep walking. The finish line is up ahead. The finish line is up ahead. Though there's trials at home, though there's problems at home, Keep walking. Praise God. Praise God. Understand that the enemy would like to stop us in our tracks. He will start like to try to stop the action of faith. Praise God. He'd like to tell you, no, you don't have to believe God. You don't have to believe God for anything. All you got to do is just sit there and it will come to you. It's not going to happen. You've got to pick yourself up. You've got to dust yourself off and keep moving for Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Isaiah 45, verse 1 and 3. And it says, I will go before you. I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of brass and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may not know, so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. The Bible said that God is going to go before us. He's going to level the mountains. He's going to level the things that will stand in your track. He's going to level the destruction. He's going to deliver everything that stands in your way, every obstacle, every trial. But if you don't walk, you're not going to be able to bust through it. You've got to bust through it by walking. Praise God. Praise God. Everything that stands in our way. Everything, hallelujah, every demise, everything that we're trying to undermine the vision and the purpose that God has put in your heart. But you've got to keep walking. Praise God. Keep walking. I was thinking about this walk, this journey that we're on. And I thought about a tightrope walker. Praise God. And it's the heart of walking along a thin wire or rope. Hallelujah. Usually at great heights. Sometimes the trials, sometimes the trials are like walking a very thin line. 
a very thin line. And all you got to do is try to balance yourself. Lord, it's getting thinner. It's getting thinner. I can't even see the wire. I can't even see the foundation. But understand that faith is your foundation. He's not going to allow you to fall. And every step you make, he's giving you more strength. Every time you put a step in front of you, he's giving you brand new strength. But you've got to keep walking. Praise God. Praise God. You look at a tight wire walker. And you wonder, how do they balance themselves? We've all seen it. Sometimes they've got a pole or sometimes they've got an umbrella to balance themselves. Hallelujah. And I thought about it. And I go, how do we balance ourselves in this life? Trials and the cares of life. You've got to have the word on one hand. You've got to have the spirit on another. And you're just walking. And people are wondering, how do you balance yourself? You've got so much trials and problems. You've got so much stuff going against you. So much opposition and adversary. But I am balanced because I got the word. I've got truth. I got the name of Jesus. I've got a church that's praying for me. That's the only way I balance myself. And every time I fall, the net, which is Jesus Christ, he catches me. And he said, you get back on the wire and do what you've got to do. Because you've got my power with you. Keep walking. Praise God. Keep walking. Keep walking. Praise God. The Apostle Paul said, praise God, that we ought to fight the good fight of faith. He said it, 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 1, through, I mean to 8. He said, I fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Fight until the end. Praise God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord together right now. Come on, stand up and help me praise the Lord right now for the Word of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Come on, God's speaking to the church tonight. God's speaking to the church tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Hashabayara la baruko, roshanda la babosaya. Halela makorosha traba babosaya. Ishondola babaho korosha traba babaho koshaya. Ela bababababosandala la korosha taya. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Hila boshaya yakola. Rasanda lava bohoshata yakala babosaya. Hula boshaya yagaba bokrushandaya. Hila baloborosata lava bokrushataya. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You think I would learn by now to listen to what the Spirit said. The Spirit told me to say something before I spoke. What the Spirit told me to say, I promise you this. The Spirit told me to say, to tell the people, watch and see if God doesn't confirm His Word by weaving these sermons together in such a way that you cannot deny it. I backed up and said, I don't want to say it because then I'm going to put pressure on somebody. No, God was going to confirm His Word tonight and God has done it. Hallelujah. You gotta start putting a foot in front of one another. Just coming and sitting is not enough. If you're at the same place doing the same things you were doing a year ago, you're not moving. You're not walking. You need to start walking. Say, how am I gonna do that? Well, do something new. How about a morning prayer? Do, find something to do. Hand a card to somebody. Invite him to church. Be a part of one of these ministries or missions. Go pick up bread. Do something. Because if you'll put it in motion. Brother Marvin, there's a word there you spoke. You declared, in essence, this is what came across to me, is there are miracles of provision out ahead of you. 
that you will never experience if you stay where you are. You've never seen God level a mountain for you yet? It's probably because you're not moving. As soon as you start moving, God says, I'm going to do some things ahead of you. I'll go before you. And if you're stationary, if you're not moving, if spiritually you are in neutral, you're not going to see miracles. But hey, it's not, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Just do something. Just put your foot in front of another. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Follow the leadership of the church. Get out and do something. I like that spirit. Whatever's happening, I'm in the middle of it. I'm going to be there. You can count on me. Not only that, but I'm going to be doing some stuff you don't even know about. Because I'm not working for you, Pastor Brown. I'm working for Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Is there anybody here that realizes that God's going to do some stuff in your life when you are led by Him? God speaks to your spirit, says, do this. Pray for this person. Invite this person to church. Reach out to this person. All of a sudden, your flesh... They'll start telling you to back up, back up, chill out. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to look silly. I'm telling you right now, just take that step. Well, what happens if they don't come to church? They didn't come to church. You sowed seed anyway. Who knows what the future holds? Come on now. Teach a Bible study anyway. But what if they ask a question? I don't have an answer. Who cares? Tell them I don't know. And I'll ask, I'll ask somebody. And we'll get an answer. We'll come back. Uh, come on, somebody. The word, God is speaking to us as a church. Just go in motion. Go in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like praying for a minute right now. But I want you to get in groups of three or four people right now, two, three, four, five people, and we're going to pray with one another in the name of the Lord because this is a word from God. This is sovereign. You know what? This is really cool. This is something amazing right now. And I want God to confirm this word because just hearing the word is insufficient. It won't take us where we want to go. But if we'll act on the word, if we'll say, God, put this word in our spirit and enable us to act accordingly. Come on. I want you to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody pray. Say, God, right now, I've heard the word. And I want to respond to the Word. I want the Word to get in my spirit. I'm going to start a Bible study at my work. I'm going to do something, Lord God. I'm going to get some invite cards, invite some people out to the house of the Lord. I'm going to do something, God. I'm going to try to take people of bread that are hungry, Lord God. I'm going to try to reach out to those that are homeless. I'm going to do something, Lord. I just got to take a step because I know you're going to knock some mountain downs in front of me. Lord God, you're going to cut through some iron bars in front of me. If I'll start walking... Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Breathe into the body. Bring animation to the body of Christ. Hear the word of the Lord. You are a soul winner. God's going to use you to win a soul. Hear the word of the Lord. You are a soul winner.
Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. I'm going to move. I'm going to walk. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk with passion. I'm going to walk through my pain. In the name of the Lord, I'm going to keep moving. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let the work of the Spirit happen right now. Come on, this is a special night. This is a red letter night. This is an uncommon thing that God's doing right now. Amen. Amen. Keep on casting your bread on the water. Be not weary in well-doing. In due season you will reap. But you got to sow. Hallelujah. You got to sow. Praise God. You got to sow. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. You, you, you think, well, I don't know what to do. Just start moving. Let the Holy Spirit begin to lead you. But you've got to take steps of faith. Hallelujah. Just got to do what you know to do and then let God lead you where you don't know where to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jisoto korovarabo sotro korushalavabo sanda. Hallelujah, Lord, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I know there's a group of people. Well, Friday night at 6 o'clock, they're going out to the Monrovia Street Fair. And they went out there last week.